You're listening to the Sticks in the Six podcast. Here are your co-hosts, Andrew Forbes, Peter Barracchini, and Alex Hopson. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 142 of Sticks in the Six, brought to you by the fine folks at the NDL House and the Hockey Podcast Network. Before we get jump into, it was kind of a light week for the Maple Leafs uh, with the uh, Swedish trip, but uh, before we jump into all that fun stuff, let's throw it to you guys first. Peter, how are you doing this week, buddy? Yeah, yeah, kind of kind of quiet because, you know, leading up to it, no games. They only play two games, and now it's kind of like the quiet law leading into the Thanksgiving uh, or the American Thanksgiving long weekend. And, yeah, it's uh, been kind of quiet, but you know what? It is what it is with the scheduling. But so far, I am good. You know, um, as, as you can tell, we're already decked out for Christmas already, and we're already starting into the holiday baking. So we're getting, you know, a good supply of cookies and everything like that. So the sugar levels and everything is going up right now. So yeah. Uh, like I said, Christmas time is always early at my place. Hey, feel free to send me some of those cookies. Maybe I'll take a, I'll take a full 10 if oh, you want. But Buddy, buddy, we have cookies galore. I could, I could, you know, FedEx them to you or like express <laughs> post it. I will have a bunch left over. I'm telling you right now. There you go. There you go. Alex, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. Um, I got an opportunity this week that I never, ever thought that I'd, I'd, I'd say a sentence like this out loud, but I'm going to be playing guitar for a country singer this week. And uh, we were talking uh, earlier today, Forbes. I'm going to be in your neck of the woods tomorrow. Um, we're uh, so my buddy. I have a buddy down here in uh, Niagara with me. Who's uh, I, I've I pl- I know him through the music scene. Uh, my band's played a bunch of shows with his band down here, and uh, in in our area and uh, Kitchener and stuff like that. And uh, you know, he approaches me a couple months ago and asks me if I want to play guitar for his country project. He's gonna. He decided he wanted to try some playing some country music, recording and stuff. And I've never been a huge country music guy when it comes to listening, but it's pretty pretty damn fun to play. I can't lie. And so uh, he just last minute uh, we recorded some songs and I, I played guitar on his songs. And then last minute, a couple of days ago, he reaches out and he's like, "Hey, I got an opportunity to open up some shows for an up and coming artist in uh, in Ontario. She's from Uxbridge. Her name is uh, Robin Ottolini, and she apparently just toured with fucking Shania Twain. So, I mean, a little Canadian <laughs> content. I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty I mean, that's crazy degree of separation right there." That's about right? the same. Like, if you're opening up for Shania Twain, I mean, that's that's got to be huge, right? So, if, if I, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> even imagine myself in that situation. But yeah, um, so that was kind of a last minute development this week. But I'm looking forward to getting out and playing some shows. It should be fun. I'll tell you this: Beautiful. I grew up on, uh, I grew up on country music, so like the Conway Twitties, the Dolly Partons, Tanya Tucker, all that kind of fun <laughs> stuff. And Forbes, it sounds like you got to bring all your coworkers on a field trip. That's right. That's yeah, I'm, right. Runners, I'm runners tomorrow. <laughs> I was going to say Shania Twain, big, big crush when I was like a 10-year-old boy. So there you That's, go. <laughs> it should be a big crush when you're a 35-year-old man too. Are you 35? Did I get the age right there? No, yeah, I'm 35, buddy. I'm yeah, 35. Yeah, good. I was yeah, worried yeah. I overshot for a second. I would have felt bad. <laughs> ah, that's all right. That's all right. I think the beard, the beard makes me look a little older. I had my uncle t- the other day tell me that he's like, um, 
you know, when, when are you going to shave that thing off? You're looking like you're 40. <laughs> I'm like, I almost am 40. Give me a break here, bud. But, yeah. Anyways, boys, uh, not much to talk about this week. It was a little bit of a lighter week on the, uh, on the hockey front for the, for the Maple Leafs. Um, but certainly we have uh, the global series that we want to touch on and, and King, uh, King William doing his thing in, in Sweden and really uh, not letting us down in that live broadcast there, Peter, but um, yeah. let's, let's get right into it. Uh Leafs come home 2-0, um, some pretty close games, some, you know, certainly some sweating throughout those uh, those final few moments. And uh, Peter, we'll throw it to you first. What did you think of the uh, Global Series and, and how the Maple Leafs did? I mean, in terms of, like, actual, like, you know, the actual event itself, I thought it was phenomenal. Like, especially with one of the big-name hockey players from Sweden going over there and playing – living up to the hype and even so like joel erickson eck um you know lucas raymond all uh native uh or natives from sweden as well they weren't short of you know putting their name into the basket of like you know being star-studded players we saw lucas raymond score against the maple Leafs. we saw erickson eck have an impact in that game with the maple Leafs or against the maple Leafs with the wild and yeah, I, I thought overall it was a great job done. And you saw like the social media content from the Maple Leafs. It was all about Willie, 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 following him around, getting his takes on everything, the Swedish candies or like sweets and everything like that. The, you know, going on a talk show in a tank top. It was it like it, it, it was meant to be for him both on the ice and off the ice. And he just lived up to the hype. I mean, it was just absolutely great performance from Nylander. I mean, he basically was dominant in both games, taking control of every single shift. The first line or the second line was in on the scoring in on all three goals, really the um, red wings. And then Nylander takes control of the game winner after a great block shot by Morgan Riley and who else, but William Nylander to um, secure the victories for, or secure the maple, the, the victories for the Maple Leafs or be a factor in both games. So yeah, great job by, everyone all around and especially you know William Nylander too to carry everything or put everything on his back but yeah like you said some tense ner- or tense moments in regards to like you know coverage defensive play awareness still work in progress but you know what they came out with four points and we said that or even before that this is going to be a big road trip mission accomplished that they managed to get two wins out of it I'm not gonna lie I thought you were calling William Nylander uh Swedish candy so I, I was going to roll off I mean, on that I mean, is, is that is that is that incorrect? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, no. I mean, he is he is Swedish candy. He's, he's pretty the, sweet. The back to back media posts with the Leafs, where they're trying out the sweets and everything. With yeah, yeah. The the Kex, um, the salt candy or whatever, which was kind of funny to see their reactions. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. He. I mean, he, kind of a sweet guy, regardless, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Alex, uh, what were your thoughts on the global series? William Nylander, how the team looked? Yeah. I mean, Nylander uh, was, was the star of the show. This guy is basically a celebrity who plays hockey for a living. Like it's, you know, for like Peter said, from the, uh, um, the, the taste testing Swedish candy to in between games, hopping on a talk show with, with some celebrities, just buddy hops on, he's sitting on the show wearing a, wearing a wife beater and a white, white tank top. And, a chain like you know he and he was just he's fielding questions from the media he's the he's under the spotlight the entire weekend there were like child reporters asking him questions and stuff you know it's just this guy is is a star honestly like in, in every in every like definition of the word 
he's a star. And I think that's something that's going to have to come up into consideration when we're talking about his extension, which I know we don't want to talk about and we're not going to, but you know, when you talk about worrying about fitting Nylander's having the money to pay him or whatever, it's, it's starting to look more and more like one of those situations where you just kind of have to fork out the money and pay him and then worry about it later because Mm -hmm. His, his like the fact that there's just no thoughts only vibes in between his ears like you can't have a more perfect mindset for the toronto market than that so i think it just it ultimately comes down to uh um it comes down to that and just the fact that he's he's just been a massive superstar the entire time i was gonna say i'm glad you brought that up like i think i think this was a perfect uh look into who William Nylander is away from the rink and why he fits the Toronto market so well and why he has, I mean, guys, I, I'll be the first to admit when he first came in, when he was first selected, I was, I was the Don Cherry of the group where I was just like, <laughs> I can't fucking believe that they pick William Nylander. But I, I mean, I'm not saying he should, they should have gone after Nick Ritchie at the time, but I mean, I was, I was like, I was pretty shocked to say the least. Um, but now looking looking back at it and seeing like what he's done, how productive he's been, yeah, there's been the holdout and, and who knows what's going to happen with this contract extension. But um, just seeing how he handles himself in those moments with with you know the hype is around him and and here he goes like end to end after let's not forget some big saves by Joe Wall to, to make that happen and 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 like just lights the Swedish like Avicii rink up on like it was on fire man and like you could just see it the reaction from his dad even where he's like are you fucking kidding me yeah and like that that says it all like even you're impressing former NHL players with the way that you're playing you're impressing your dad with the way that you're playing I mean I don't think there's any question that the Leafs have to find a way to get it done and and like you said Alex we're not going to talk about the extension right now but um Let's get it done. Let's figure it out. We'll, you know, if if we tie up fifty five million in four, five players, I mean, let's do it. Who cares? Honestly, you're, you're gonna I've anyways. been seeing the let's idea. Of, I've been seeing the idea floated around lately of just swapping Tavares and Nylander's AVs. Like, why not just do that? Honestly, yeah. yeah. I mean, Tavares, you fight bring get, it back for six point nine million. Yeah, I mean that you get the sense that even Tavares is probably he knows he's not going to earn more than what he's going to do. Yeah, on this current contract, you know he's probably going to take less. He seems like the kind of guy that would. He's on the back nine, man. He's on exactly. the back nine. He's probably going to take that Ryan O'Reilly contract, maybe go down to four, four point five. Hopefully, even if it's at five, I'll still take Johnny T at you know five mil. But yeah, I mean, I can't remember of a player who's thrived so much in a situation in a contract year that is playing to the standard that William Nylander has. I'm sure there have been instances, but it's been. I can't remember the last time that a guy has been doing this. He's been this consistent and just improving every single game. And you know what? For a guy that's, again, like we've all had our criticisms of D-Lander in the past, but the fact that he's more complete right now and earning that big payday, honestly, you're not going to find another player like him at this point because he's playing that he wants to stick around here. It's funny, you, you're like we're all sitting here praising Nylander and he's going to have one game in the playoffs where he doesn't make a hit or backs off and everyone's going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> we're paying we $11 million dollars for this? Yeah, but I no, I agree. I think I think you got to find a way to, you know, mm-hmm. make it happen. And, and at the end of the day, like um, your stars are going to get paid. He's a guy that's going to go to the market, especially with the year he's having. He's top 10 in scoring. 
he's gonna he's top five in scoring i think uh and he's gonna go out and he's gonna get paid on the free mark free agent market like you got to find a way to get it done here but um yeah uh, otherwise i you know what the Leafs did in, in Sweden, it was it was exactly what you need to do, especially knowing that you're coming back. You're going to be a little jet-lagged, and you know you get a couple days to relax and, and kind of get back and into the groove of things. But to pick up four points is so important when you make, when you do those global series. What were you guys' thoughts on uh, Austin Matthews mentioning Mexico City as a potential landing spot for the global series next year? Um. I just find it very coincidental that he says it and the NHL is already pitching that idea right now. I mean, that listen, you, you want to grow the game. You got to go to markets like you, they were trying to do with, you know, um, I mean, they were trying to do it with the uh, South Korean games in the Olympics, but you know, NHL had to, you know, kibosh that. Um, but you, you know, going to a market like this, where, you know, you have someone like Austin Matthews that wants to like grow that game there because of his heritage and his background. That's what you want. I think the only concern that you have is, you know, what type of arena are you going to have? Because it's not sure what, you know, how many arenas are in Mexico or what kind of like how many the sea capacity is going to be. I think that may be the only issue, but no matter what, if you can make it work, make it work because this is how you grow the game and you go beyond just the traditional North American uh, games, you know, European games. You want to extend everywhere right now, and that's what you want to do. Boys, I'm about to drop some breaking news on Six and the Six. Not hockey related, not even is not it about, related. Is it baseball related? It is baseball related. Peter, uh, okay. Peter knows the notification. Yeah, yeah, we Peter know. Peter knows what it is. Yeah, we actually <laughs> talked about it before, so. Oh, did you? Yeah, before okay. you came in. Wow, yeah. I'm embarrassed. Okay, never mind. No, 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 I just no, got I, I just got the sports for notification now. For those that don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess I can't I can't just back off of breaking the news <laughs> now that you guys both know about it already. <laughs> Anyways, I at the time of getting this sports net notification, the New York Mets are hiring former Jays manager John Gibbons yeah. as their bench coach, which that is hurts. unreal. I love that. I that mean, hurts. I hate it. Be, I, I, I wish the Jays would have brought him in as their bench coach, to be honest, or even their manager, yep. to be honest. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty funny. Anyways, continue. Yeah, tough yeah. one, tough one to swallow. But boys, uh, we still love Gibby. Yeah, we 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 definitely love Gibby. Um, but uh, with with him on the bench now, guys, I think next year I might put a little money on them. And with that, let's jump over to a quick ad read from uh, the DraftKings. I hope you don't ever put Draft any Kings. money on the Mets in any capacity. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're Bobby Bonilla, because they're paying you anyway. That's, so yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, DraftKings <laughs> Sportsbooks. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, hopefully tonight, you guys took the over on the Carolina Hurricanes, Edmonton Oilers game, and the Chicago Blackhawks, Columbus Blue Jackets game, both sitting at 3 nothing uh, midway through the first periods in their respective games. So you can always take the, the overs there now at uh, over 7.5 at minus 110. Uh, download the app now and use uh, code THPN. New customers get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. 
Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and responsible gaming resources. NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Well, with that, boys, um, let's talk a little uh, a little bit about the back end. There's been a lot of mystery around John Klingberg. Some are suggesting that he's already over at Robidaw Island. Um, others, you know, are hoping that he comes back. But there has been some talk about a potential stint on the LTIR. Alex, your thoughts on the John Klingberg situation? Yeah, it's 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 a tough situation because we've talked about Klingberg's struggles on this sh- on this show a decent amount, and you hate to pile on the guy, but it's obvious that things have not gone the way that things uh, they hoped they would have gone, and to hear that he's got this this hip ailment that's been that's been plaguing him for a good chunk of his career. I am sorry, boys. That is the worst time to get hiccups. Okay. Um, <laughs> You know, considering the fact that the, these hip injuries have plagued him for a, the like the past couple of years, it sounds like um, you just you, you hate to see the the way that things have gone for him. And ultimately, you got to start thinking about, uh, or he has to start thinking about life outside of hockey. And I know that term mostly applies for concussions, but uh, you know, I think that in this scenario, it's it's an unfortunate it's an unfortunate to see because. You know, they brought him in under the expectation that he'd be able to contribute in an offensive role, and he wasn't able to do that. And, you know, to see him dealing with the injury now and what should have been a great trip for him because, you know, he's from Sweden. And the fact that he was over there and didn't barely got any media coverage or anything like that. And, you know, he, all we heard about him was that Keith said he struggled on the plane ride over there and back. Like, I, 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 you, you start feeling bad for the guy. Yeah. at a certain point and I feel bad for him right now as much as the signing hasn't worked out I mean I hope that whatever the next step is is the right one for him when it comes to his health because uh like you know like we always say about players who are battling injuries like this like it's not worth pushing through if it screws up your life after hockey right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah Peter your thoughts on uh John Klingberg that situation and what the Leafs can do on the back end yeah um like Alex said, you know, you got to look out for your health first and foremost. And it, it just seems like everything compiled onto one where he started off kind of on a good start where he had like five assists in like a short amount of time. And then the lull kicked in where he wasn't playing well. And even uh, Darren Dreger on TSN, um, I believe it was overdrive too. He believed that it was during that game against the Florida Panthers where maybe he may have tweaked something. And then you start to notice everything later on, how, you know, his movement isn't all that great. And you start to get concerned because if this is something that has plagued him for a long time and he hasn't gotten the help to try and, you know, overcome this or heal up, in like the uh can't remember how many years it's been i don't think we even know the timeline but if it's been plaguing him for some time you know that that is a concern if he's trying to play through that even before his time with toronto um 
I, it, you, you, like you get again, you don't want to think of worst case scenario, but I'm thinking, what if it gets to that level of Matt Murray, where, um, believe it was in a post by Nick Mar- Nick Barton on November 20th, where Keith said that, you know, they're going to try to be a little bit more aggressive with treatment for him going forward. It's just taking a little bit longer for him to bounce back. At what point do you start to think that maybe treatment? isn't the right necessary thing maybe you do need surgery and you need to go a little bit further and the timeline is going to be even longer where he's instead of like you know three four weeks it could be months even and that's where i'm a little bit concerned with that because you know the maple leaf signed him he wanted to try and prove himself it looked like that and it's just not working out right now boys i have some more uh Two, two, two more uh, forms of sticks in the six breaking news. It's not really breaking news, but more just live updates. updates. <laughs> the Edmondson Oilers are currently losing 4 nothing to the Hurricanes oh, in the God. first period. Yeah, th- and there goes Connor McDavid on my fantasy team. Uh, can I just I just want to point out as well. Minus the, uh, two, let's go. They haven't tweeted the 4 nothing update yet. Or yeah, <laughs> yes, they have. They just did. 26 likes, 79 replies as as we see. Oh my <laughs> god. And the you three know? <laughs> and the three nothing goal has as of right now 80 likes, 227 replies. <laughs> oh <my laughs> you know it's bad when like quotes and replies are getting most of the attention than an actual like Hey, that's so, how bad it's gotten. So tell me it was Woodcroft that was the problem. Yeah, it was, it was Oh, it totally was. was. It was clearly Woodcroft. I see. God, here's the thing. Now that it's four nothing, would the Oilers like to, you know, actually win four nothing? Hey, no. Somebody put a fiver on it right now. Edmonton Oilers to come back to win. No, I, I was trying to do that whole given that given <laughs> money away. <laughs> oh my god, man! This is fucking, <sighs> this is fucking amazing. Uh, and I then, mean, sorry. I the other the other thing that I was going to bring up as well. Uh, when you get a chance, go look at the first NHL goal for Zach Benson. Okay. My is it a highlight reel. My it's a God, highlight was, reel. My God, was it beautiful? I'm not going to be surprised because it is Zach Benson, and yeah. it was only a matter of time before he started to pop off. But I will definitely take a look at that goal because it probably would be jaw dropping. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're on it, uh, just kind of going off that the whole talk about Klingberg, it makes you wonder how much it's you know contributed to him kind of having that fall from grace when he was that star offensive defenseman with Dallas and, and, you know, what it, uh, how that plays, plays a role with it. Oh my, that's sick. That's just sick. I just watched the Benson goal. That is, mm-hmm. that's sick. Yeah. That's like, imagine having the confidence woo! to do that before you even scored in the NHL, even once filthy. Imagine being a Buffalo Sabres fan right now and knowing like the youth and the, the youth talent movement. that you have coming up. I'm I'm happy I'm happy for Sabres fans to be honest. Yeah, I, the majority. I well to be honest, I like I said I live in I live in Niagara, so the Sabres are just as much Niagara's team as the Leafs are. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I know a decent amount of Sabres fans, and they uh, yeah they deserve that. It's been a it's been a rough go for them. Man, Lukanen, Levi, you got Owen Power, you have um, you have Benson, you have Middlestad who's still playing well, Matt Savoy, like. Oh, it's it's a a ridiculous team. team. Yeah, Gary Coolidge, and also I'm just looking at at back this back right now. 13th overall. There's no way in hell that Benson should have dropped outside that top 10 if he's going to be pulling moves off like that. And the Buffalo Sabers are just laughing all the way right now. Yeah, massive steal. Was that a was that a uh, Christmas Carol kind of reference? Laughing all the way. Ho ho ho. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, funny. Uh, perfect timing. You were like a happy accident for that, right? <laughs> Coming from the Christmas house. Itself. Exactly. <laughs> I make those quips even when I don't even realize it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's that's how in the uh, in the Christmas spirit you are. Yep. Um, anyways, guys, coming off this Klingberg, Klingberg information. Um, obviously clean Borg. I know, I know you're going to say that. <laughs> I held back. I saw, I saw the smirk. I saw the smirk. I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> I, for the record, I was going to hold back. I was going to hold back. I didn't say, oh, I, I couldn't help the smirk, but <laughs> everything's going on uh, on this episode. Oh my God. <laughs> my God. That was hilarious. I'm crying, man. Uh, <laughs> Uh, anyways, boys, um, we all know the conversation that's going on involving the um, Calgary Flames, Nikita Zadorov, Chris Tanev. Do we get both? Do we just go for one? Which one is it going to be? So I'm going to I'm going to put you both on the spot, Peter. You first, Zadorov or um, Tanev. And if you're going with Zadorov, I want to know what. Actually, either way, I want to know what your package is. Ooh, ooh. Okay, I'm. I say you go after both, but I think Zadorov is more of a priority right now, given how he requested that trade. Um, not necessarily don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the free agents for Calgary, but I assume Chris Tanev would, the Flames would get a decent return for him no matter what. Um, I think Zadorov is more of a priority. If you can get Tanev in a big package deal, great. Uh, kill, uh, get What is it that Ricky, uh, Ricky from Trailer Park Boy says? Get two birds stoned at once. Um, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Um, so if you could get both in that deal right now, I think automatically you're looking at, you know, there's been rumors that Nick Abruzzese could be that prospect going back because of his relationship or like being teammates with Matt Coronado, um, before, so they could renew that chemistry right there. So if he's a prospect going forward, you're probably looking at a first, a second, maybe a fourth and fifth as well. So maybe that fourth and fifth could be for Tanev and that maybe package of Abruzzese at first and a second could be for Zadorov. But if you're involving Zadorov or you have a top-tier prospect, maybe you could take away that first. And maybe if you involve John Klingberg with his contract, but then again, you don't know his injury situation. So there are a lot of variables up in the air right now or something that I thought would be a decent trade proposal a week or so ago before we found out about this um, his injury. Could be a little bit different, but you're probably looking at you know, maybe even a couple of youngsters too. Maybe you do throw in a Pontus Holmberg. Maybe you do throw in a Bobby McMahon possibly as well as other names to, you know, try and build up that possible deal. Alex, what are you, uh, if you're, if you're Brad Trilliving, what are you going after? And uh, are you going after both? Are you going big? What are you, what are you looking at? I mean, you have to go big here. Uh, this is, you know, this is the first time where I can confidently say that by the time April rolls around. I don't think the Leafs are going to need to add any decent name forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that as long, you know, it's a long season, but I think if their third line stays intact and Robertson actually plays a full season and Nice keeps thriving on the top line and Bertuzzi, you know, picks it up, he's a second half player himself. Um, then I don't think that outside of maybe a fourth liner, like a depth forward at the deadline, I don't think the Leafs have any necessity to uh, trade for any forwards. So at that point, I'm going big. And I think that Zadorov and Tanev both bring different elements. I think that Tanev is a lot like what Luke Shen was last year in that I think mm. he could slide in alongside Morgan Riley, which would take some of the pressure off of TJ Brody and you know not make him play 28 minutes a night like he did with Jake McCabe in last year's playoffs. 
excuse me. Um, so, you know, I just, I, I think that given that Tanev has that ability and he can like, I, I can see him sliding in seamlessly with Morgan Riley on that top pair. Um, then you bring in Zadorov, who's left-handed, but he's, you know, he's instantly would be their most physical defenseman. He's good at clearing the crease and he has a weird amount of offense. He scored 14 goals last year, which is a little bit shocking. Um, but they, uh, they're two defensemen that provide two different needs. And, uh, I think that if you're trusting your offense, which I think they should to get the job done, uh, you got to go big on defense. And I think, uh, there's no better way to do that than by just packaging for both of those players. They have the assets to do it. So I heard of a comparison, like of teams that go all in for the playoffs. They add in those type of players like Isadorov and Atanev. And the ba- the best comparison was the Vegas Golden Knights, how they shored up their defense where maybe you don't get a whole lot of offense, but you get those guys that are always tough as nails to play against. And I know they probably have, you know, the forward depth up front that they had those necessary pieces anyways. But if you add in those two players right then and there, both can lay the boom. Both are physical. Zadorov has maybe just a little bit more offensive upside with that shot and even the playmaking. But either way, you're set on the back end because those guys are tough to play against. So yeah, that, that, that's definitely something that needs to be done right away. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with both of you. I think, I mean, one, if you're going to go for just one of them, I think Zadorov is younger, um, decent contract, has the numbers, has the physical, uh, wants to be out of Calgary. I think there's just, there's too many things playing in that, in that favor. Um, that said, I, I think you go for both as well. I think the assets are there and, and as much as you like, I've always been one that gets attached to people within the like players within the system and, and, you know, get a little butt hurt when you see like one of your favorite prospects dealt that being said, like to win a cup, you got to go out there and you got to, you got to get rid of some of the assets to bring in the pieces that you need to, to solidify your team going into the playoffs. And, and you guys said it, if you get Zadorov, you get Tanev, all of a sudden your, your decor is, is short up and, and, you know, goaltending isn't as big of a, talking point heading into the playoffs because now you've got this this big lineup in front of them and regardless if it's Samsonov regardless if it's Wall regardless if it's somebody else you know they've got they've got guys that can clear the net and, and play physically in front of them so I think you know I in an ideal world you go out and get both I think otherwise the Leafs are, are you know it's tree living brought Zadorov in it's he wants him I think he, he he sees what he can add to the team um I'd be shocked if you don't see Zadorov in blue and white uh, by the end of the season. But, um, yeah, uh, otherwise, Easton Cowan, um, from surprise first-round pick to all of a sudden on Canada's radar for the World Junior Championship, Alex, um, some people have him penciled in on the fourth line of the uh, the final roster, making the cuts. What are your thoughts on Easton Cowan possibly playing at the World Juniors? Every year – on team Canada, it seems like there's one guy that starts out on the fourth line and then gets bumped up in the lineup and ends up being a huge part of the success. I think Cowan could be that guy this year. Absolutely. No bias. Um, you know, he's a, uh, he, he is a wicked player and the step forward that he's taken this year, he's already over half of what, uh, sorry, he's already tallied over half of the points that he got last year in 52 less games. Mm-hmm. Like this guy is tearing it up. He's not, he's just barely outside of the top 10 in OHL scoring, but he's also played five or six less games than anybody else on that list. Cause he was with the Leafs on, so he was one of their last cuts in training camp. And I just think 
the guy's blue collar mentality and you know his his hound dog mentality as he likes to call it the fact you know he's a hard worker hard four checker i just think that he's he's got what it takes to be an impact player for team canada and i will i will happily eat my words i was shocked when they drafted cowan i was a little confused i you know there were other players on the board that i thought that for sure were going to be ranked higher than him but uh it's a little too early to say, but it does seem like maybe Wes Clark and his scouting staff knew something that other people didn't. So, yeah, I mean, I, I still laugh at the fact that when I did release a, a prospects article um, that uh, I said he'd he'd hit the century mark this year in points for the for the London Knights, and you know he's he's on pace to get 107. He's played far fewer games, and he's he's got the highest point uh, point per game average in the OHL right now among the top top 11 scorers. So. Um, you know, take that for what you will, but, uh, I think this kid's got a hell of a lot of talent and I, I don't see why you, if you're Canada, you wouldn't be looking at him. Um, but Peter, what are you, what are your thoughts on Easton Cow possibly, uh, starring in the, in the world juniors this year? Yeah, but not just him too, even Fraser Minton as well. There's a possibility that he could go, but yeah, I mean, um, Huge opportunity for him. I don't know if he'll be that player that could move up in the lineup. I think that would only happen if it's just like an injury because, let's face it, Canada's going to be stacked up front no matter what. But if he does outplay another player and that's just an opportunity for Cowan to move up to the third line, second line, not sure if he's going to make it to the first line, but you know what? Middle six is definitely still a possibility. And this is a player that could do it all in any situation, power play, penalty kill. I've seen him score some beautiful shorthanded markers or, you know, set up play shorthanded. He could be a very um, dynamic utility knife type of player for team Canada, where if you need energy, he's going to be out there. You need to get momentum and kill off a penalty and get some energy back right after that. He can do just that. And he's very dynamic, very crafty, but he plays with that pace and that intensity where maybe his size, I believe he's, 5185 um yeah just check that out right now on uh, elite prospects that is true with his height and weight but if he's able to still play with that you know with that stature and the way that he protects the puck well that just seems like a type of player that will will do anything to win for team canada and i think he's definitely got not necessarily a spot with his name on it but he could definitely fight for one and win one over if he continues to play that he has so far yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, boys, uh, we're gonna we got one less one last talking point before we close it out for the week. But before we do, here's a quick word from our other sponsors over at the Hockey Podcast Network. Raycon, not just headphones anymore. Raycon. Uh, it may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare? especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. You've heard me talk about Raycon's products before, like their everyday earbuds. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their faucet filter ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. 
Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday spirit, uh, shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry up now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Well, boys, our last uh, last little headline here before we close it out. We know it was a quiet week in Leafland. It's been anything but for the Edmonton Oilers all season long. And their journalists, their the, the beat writers are are making news again. Tim Peel is just <laughs> man. I, I I tweeted this out. This has got to be one of the one of the craziest threads I've seen between a former referee and a journalist in recent memory. But uh, Peter, I'm going to throw it to you first. What did you think of this interaction between Frank Saravelli um, and Tim Peel? Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I made a little bit of a joke earlier. I'm like, maybe the Edmonton Oilers are like they'll win four nothing instead of losing four nothing because they were down four nothing. Um, in regards to that, but at the same time, I mean, I mean, we all know that that was that was probably like a dumb question to ask, right? Like we all know that the Edmonton Oilers would want to win for one. We know they want to win, but it's just not happening with the goaltending that they're getting. I, I could understand why Connor is getting frustrated. I understand why Leona has been frustrated in the past with the type of questions, because you know, if you, if it's good to generate that kind of response from the player, maybe don't ask it. But then again, I also think that posting that, you know, interaction, between the two with the DMs, it is, I, I I kind of agree with Frank there. It's kind of like a little bit of class, like no class whatsoever. If it's a private message, if it's a private message, you don't need to send it out there. But then again, it just seems like more controversy on top of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, bit of everything with that whole entire debacle, really. I, I know a lot of, a lot of people were piling in on that and weighing in, but uh, yeah, that, that's just my two cents there. Alex, do you have anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I didn't want to pick a side in that, to be honest. I, just, I don't really, I don't, I don't, I didn't really want to support either Mark Spector or Tim Peel. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, there were a couple things that stuck out to me. First of all, the one shred of credit I'll give to Spector is that he basically called out Peel for being a shit ref, yep. which I thought was funny. But at the same time, just the, the the thing that popped out at me more than anything else about that interaction was the victim mentality from Spectre. Mm-hmm. That guy, he, first of all, to message someone because of how angry you are is first and foremost a sign of weakness. And then you move on from that and move to the part where he's like, "I've been a I've been a very good read for ever for many years of my career or something like that." It's like. Dude, if if long if longe- like t- like tweeted the other day, if longevity is your biggest claim to fame, like uh, like I you, you use the same yeah. thing when you talk about Steve Simmons, you know, yeah, he's been doing it a long time. Doesn't what mean else? He's good at it. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I just I I tend to notice that every whether whether it's a player or whether it's 
uh, a player being asked a stupid question or whether it's a fan on Twitter, whether it's another journalist or someone, it's Spectre every single time someone makes it the slightest criticism about anything he writes. He, he lashes out and he says, I've been doing this for a long time. I know I'm good at my job. It's like, buddy, you know you're good at your job, then why do you have to fucking say it out loud so much? <laughs> like, but even so, like you, like you said, do you really need to pick a fight every single time like someone critiques you? Like how many times have we been critiqued or like we see the comments and we were like... Is that even worth it at that point? Like, why not just move on? Like, that, that that's what I don't get. As soon as I saw it, I knew I wanted to talk about it on here. Um, one, because of the whole Spectre Dreisaitl incident that happened, what was yeah. it, last year. Um, but the quote that you're talking about, uh, Alex, he wrote, been around it long enough to know a horse shit ref when I see one, Tim. I've been very good to read for my whole career, 35 years. Thanks for noticing. Tim Peel wrote back, you've always been a fucking fraud, buddy. So <laughs> which that made me laugh too, right? Like this is just the best form of entertainment when it's like, I don't want either of them to win. I just want them to keep fighting. Yeah. Just so sit back, get the popcorn. Yeah. Anyways, my, here's my take on it. One, you're, you're an idiot for messaging something like that in, in today's yeah. world, because you know how easy it is to share something like that. Yep. Two, Peeler has been a complete shit show since he was caught with a hot mic so yeah. anything like he's become maybe one of the most opinionated people on twitter and doesn't back down from anybody so for specter to, to to write him you know you knew what you were getting into you you 100 knew if you've been around for 35 years you knew damn well what you're getting into the question itself absolutely was stupid mark specter knew that he knew what he was doing and he knew that he was just trying to get a quote. And anybody who's been in journalism understands that he yeah. wasn't—he doesn't care what the answer is. He's looking for a reaction, and he got exactly what he wanted. And that's that's yeah, that's, that's that's what it was. At the end of the day, that's that's a hundred percent what it was. He got a quote from McDavid regarding the four, being down four one or being up four one or whatever. And that's you know, at the end of the day, I hate to say it because I don't agree with it, but he did his job. Um, now for and I get why Frank Saravelli jumped in and like came to the from the top rope. Yeah, it came from the top from, rope. There was something from Ryan Rashad too. Like it oh. was a, it was a big it was a brawl. Oh, Rashad got in on it. As well. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I just man, at a certain point, like like Twitter has become exactly what Elon Musk wanted it to become. Just yeah. an absolute free-for-all. Um everybody's saying whatever's on their mind, and like I was I like I wasn't shocked to see what Frank Cervelli wrote, but I was like I was intrigued to see the fact that he like came out and was just you know he was swinging as well. So, like you guys said, I didn't want either side to win. I wanted to keep going, and it was maybe the most entertaining hockey story of the week, um, aside from William William Nylander in Sweden. So, anyways, with that. Uh, you guys have anything else you wanted to add before we close it out here? Nah, um, I'm good. Well, we got a busy, uh, busy week for the Leafs coming up in the next little while here, guys. Um, looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully, some more wins. Hopefully, not no jet lag. Uh, if you're tuning in tonight, we appreciate it. Uh, a shout out to the NDL House and THPN for continuing to uh, you know boost us uh, and help us get through. Um, as always, you can follow myself at Andrew G Forbes. You can follow Alex at a Hobson media. You can follow Peter at P Barracini, or you can follow 
the show at Sticks in the Six Pod. That's S T I X I N T H E six I X P O D. You can also follow us on Instagram, TikTok. Make sure you head over to the YouTube channel, hit subscribe. It does help us. It's a huge boost when we get those subscribers. We are literally 21 away from the century mark. Let's try and get there. Otherwise, make sure you check out SeatGeek when you're looking for any tick, excuse me, tickets throughout the year. Um, use code sticks in the six for $20 off your first purchase. Otherwise, boys, that's all we have here for Sticks in the Six, episode 142. Until next week. Let's go Leafs.